This is Culture and Conversations. You're the audience, and I'm the host. So let's get to it. Let's talk. Thankful doesn't even describe it. I'm so appreciative of you listening, however you're listening, wherever you're listening from. Culture and Conversations is about you and about how I see the world and how I bring people and content and perspective to you. So I want to make sure that I'm serving you guys. Thank you for listening and being a part of the conversation. Can't say that enough. I have a great show planned for you. I had a great conversation with someone that you would recognize also if you watch the show Insecure on HBO. That's right. I have Tristan J. Winger, better known as Thug Yoda from the hit HBO show Insecure. And I got a chance to meet Tristan and connect with him through his management company who connected me with Dominique Perry, a.k.a. Tasha from Insecure. So they were castmates, and it just worked out that I was able to talk to Tristan as well. And I wanted you guys to hear from Tristan about his journey in Hollywood. Tristan's also a part of the cast of 50 Central that comes out on BET, and he's getting ready for season two of that to be released. So... Pay attention to what you see going on when I bring these people to you because these people are actually making moves and we don't want you guys to miss out on what they've got going on. So up next on Culture and Conversations, Tristan J. Winger, and I'm going to give him this opportunity to be a part of your life and be a part of the conversation. I'm Jamison Smallwood, and yes, this is Culture and Conversations. I am so happy to let you guys hear this interview that I conducted with Tristan J. Winger. He is known as Thug Yoda from the hit HBO show Insecure. Uh, his character is known for popping up at odd times in the show. Uh, he's a he's a blood on the show, a member of the blood gang. And he comes in, in at different moments on the show and brings a certain level of insight and comedic relief. And I had a chance to connect with him. As I connected with Dominique Perry through their management, and it, it just worked out great where he made time for me and my platform to interview him and tell his story or help him tell his story. So I want to definitely give this time over to him, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to Tristan tell you about his journey in Hollywood and what he has coming up next on the Culture and Conversations podcast. I have a very special guest. You may recognize him from his role as Thug Yoda on the hit HBO show Insecure and most recently as part of BET's new show, 50 Central, I'd like to welcome to the conversation Tristan J. Winger. Tristan, what's going on, hello, man? Hello, hello, hello. Hey, how's it hey, going? Hey, what's going on, Jameson? I'm doing well, man. I'm blessed. Thank you, man. Hey, that's great, man. That's great. Um, I had a chance to talk to, to Dominique Perry, and uh, I had a, you know, you know, a great conversation with her. And when I found out that, you know, I had some I had an opportunity to speak with you, I said, oh, I definitely got to get you on the show and, and sit down and chat with you about just all the things you've got gone, going on in your acting career and just some of the things that, um, you know, you've done to get to this point in your journey. Absolutely. Certainly. Yeah. Happy to share. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I got to be honest. When when I heard that when I when I heard, you know, Thug Yoda, I said, who is that? You know, who is Thug Yoda? <laughs> and then when I thought back, you know, to who the character was on the show Insecure, I said, oh, that's the character that, that they're referring to. The, you know, the, the blood uh, neighbor who, you know, hangs around and, and says really thoughtful, deep stuff at the most uh, <laughs> at the most awkward time within the show. Right. 
Yeah. It, uh, it, it, his character, his, or your character, I should say, is really, is really interesting because he brings a sort of comedic relief to the show, but at the same time, he mm-hmm. does say profound things that, that make you think and say, okay, well, wow, that was, <laughs> that's exactly sort of articulated the emotion I was feeling in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because, you know, it helps to break the tension in the TV show when there's a lot going on. And, you know, as a, as a, uh, a viewer, when you're watching something and it's very dramatic, you, you kind of need, you need a break <laughs> sometimes. So I'm, I'm happy that Thug Yoda can provide that break that, that people need for the, for the show. Definitely, definitely. I was going to ask you, Tristan. So, you know, let's, let's go back to the beginning of your career. What Mm -hmm. got you into acting? Where did that sort of begin for you? Oh man. Um, I, as long as I can remember, I've been performing. So like when I was in, I, I, I probably say early elementary school. So maybe I was maybe as early as six years old, as far as I can remember, I've been imitating my uncle's, and teachers getting in trouble for that, uh, perform, <laughs> performing in school plays. Um, even I remember in the fifth grade, you know, fifth grade, we have a little culmination ceremony. Uh, but before the, the ceremony, we, we got little certificates as okay. like, um, as gifts and stuff, perfect attendance, um, whatever. Uh, and I remember in the fifth grade, I received a certificate for future entertainer. Oh, wow. So that was, that, I feel like that was just foreshadowing for me, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I didn't feel like I was entertaining people because, you know, I was, I mean, I was, I was younger than everybody else. Everybody else was 10 in the fifth grade. I was nine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really thinking about, Oh, I'm entertaining people. I was just being myself. Um, and that just happened to translate to me making people laugh or whatever. Um, so a- after, after that, we can fast forward to, um, you know, my mom always had my brother and I in activities outside of our neighborhood. We live in South LA. We grew up in South LA. Okay. Still live here. Um, so she wanted to get us out. And my mom was a, when she was younger, she was a touring ballroom dancer. Um, and so performing just kind of moved into our spirits as well, my brother and I. So she put us in schools for for piano lessons, for we were in jazz band, or I was in jazz band in junior high school. Um, um, man, um, she, she put us in different performing arts schools. I went to Colburn school of performing arts in downtown Los Angeles. And then shortly after that, I went to, uh, amazing grace conservatory, which is based here in Los Angeles, which is a conservatory founded by Wendy Raquel Robinson from the Steve Harvey show, the game, um, those shows such as that. Okay. And, um, and Tracy Coley, uh, the late Tracy Coley. And at that school, that's where I truly learned to perform live. Like that was, we would perform uh, live shows. We would sing, act, and dance. It was theater performances. Um, and that really honed a lot of my skills, and it made me feel like I was being seen because I was literally on stage in front of an audience of 100 folks uh, for, for two weekends after, after the end of the, the conservatory session performing, we did Greece, we did the prodigal sister, we did a bunch of shows there and there was star power there too, because of Wendy Raquel Robinson's influence and her, her place in the community. Um, and so that just continued with me. I went to college for mechanical engineering, but I still felt like I 
that just wasn't for me. I didn't want to do math every day for the rest of my life. So I mm. stuck with that for three years. And then I decided I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be a mechanical engineer. I want to act. Um, when I was in college, I met a friend who produced music. He introduced me to Fruity Loops. And so I was producing music a little bit, but I still had that itch to perform. And so it wasn't until, you know, later on after Facebook was created, I hit up Issa, who I went to high school with. She was working on her web series with her brother, uh, The Fly Guys Present the F Word, and she had just started Awkward Black Girl. Oh, wow. And I hit her up on Facebook. I hit her up on Facebook. I was like, hey, um, if you need help with any of your web series, I would love to get back into acting because we acted together in high school. She responded immediately saying, yes, I would love to have you, you know, on the show. She sent me the script for episode four of Awkward Black Girl, and it was a role of baby voice Darius. This was a character that was just supposed to be a one-time thing, just a little guest role. Um, but people responded to it so, <laughs> so immensely. They responded, you know, the response was great. And she kept me on the show, which was, which was awesome wow. because that – that got me more comfortable with acting in front of the camera because everything I had done up until then was, you know, theater performances in front of a, a audience. Um, so acting in front of the camera was a different monster. And it was just, it was a ton of fun. We had a lot of fun with opera black girl meeting up on weekends at her father's office in Inglewood and just doing, you know, doing everything that we could to just make something out of nothing. And look where, look where everybody is at right now. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things about content that I'm discovering is that if you can, can create compelling content, then it has an opportunity to really uh, grow and, and be expansive and be something that people latch on to and grow with and support. And that can lead you, obviously, to larger opportunities in, in your career. You know, um, you know, when you talk about transitioning from being a mechanical engineer into acting, I, my my um my professional work is I'm a software engineer, so I can understand the whole concept of not wanting to be, you know, right. in, in, involved with the technical grind every day. And, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, you guys did the web series, Awkward Black Girl, you know, maybe just kind of give uh, my listeners some insight, Tristan, into what are some of the mechanics behind doing a web series? That's a very, that's a very popular term. I've got, I've got, a, matter of fact, I have mm -hmm. a cousin who is looking, um, at doing some, you know, doing something in media, mass media. So I've always, I always want to have those kind of conversations with him to encourage him to keep, you know, to take advantage of his opportunity. So how do you, how would one go about, you know, creating a web series? Is it just a matter of getting a camera and putting it up on the internet? Absolutely. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Um, when, you know, I, from, from what I understood, you know, Issa put together her web series, um, just by having her best friend record with a camcorder and she wrote a script and she found a location. Like you can do this anywhere. Mm -hmm. Our phones, I mean, you're, you're an engineer. So I'm, I feel like we're, we're on the same page. The devices that we have today can do everything we need to do to create content. Mm -hmm. We can, I have an iPhone, I have an iPhone 10. I can shoot 4k video with this thing and upload it to a YouTube channel for the world to watch. Yep. I can edit, I can edit that video on my phone in iMovie. So everything I need to do, I have the power to do that with some with a device that fits in my pocket. Oh wow! You just have to have. I feel like everyone just needs the will. If there if there's a will, there is certainly a way because everybody's got a camera in their pocket. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's the thing about it. You know, that's what made hip hop. Uh, that's what made you know music in general such a such a powerful industry. Is that it's truly it truly doesn't take anything other than the effort and the time investment on the person or the artist's part to create. And if they are willing to create and do that, you know, work, then they have the opportunity of creating something that people find valuable and and will invest into. And and it's no different in in, in this. In this world of these of these devices that we have, they're so powerful that can create content, like as you described. You know, um, Tristan, I I, I want to you know kind of take people you know into this whole, whole idea of what I like to call black excellence, and this idea of that you know you had this great network. You know, you you know Issa, and you knew her from you knew her from high school. You know, you know how has your networking um, in terms of your career as an actor? Um, been valuable to giving you opportunities and opening doors for you um, in Hollywood? Uh, it's been very valuable. Um, I, because of Issa and her, her meteoric rise, I, I knew that I saw that it took a lot of work to get to where she is right now. Okay. Um, I kind of feel like because of what people have seen the loyalty that we've had for one another, um, the loyalty I've had for her to help her and be in whatever project she asked me to be in and the loyalty she has for me as well to, to ask me to be a part of her projects or to allow me to get into the room to work on her project. Mm -hmm. It's just incredible that who, who would have known this would have happened by me volunteering to work on awkward black girl as, as all of us did. We all, pretty much volunteered to work on that series. I just wanted to be a part of something. Who, who knew what it would become? Who knew uh, who Issa would become at this point? Um, it's, it's, I feel like it's a matter of, and Issa said this, reaching across to other creators and other creatives who may not necessarily have a higher status than you, but want to create something. Mm -hmm. And you believe and invest in one another, either with your time, your talent, or with your treasure. You, you invest, and then you may see some fruit bear from that investment, um, whether it's through your network and, and the rooms that you're allowed to get into. Um, based off of my work with, with Issa on Aqua Blacker and on Insecure, they, you know, casting directors or producers or directors, they all want to see your resume. Mm -hmm. That's what the, they all want to see that. And, and um, because of the popularity of the show, which I'm so grateful for, um, I'm allowed to get into rooms that I feel like most people are not allowed the opportunity to get into. A lot. Of, I remember before before Awkward Black Girl, or even maybe before Insecure, really. Um, as an actor, you kind of think about, man, if I can only get an audition to audition for fill in the blank. If I can only, you know. Uh, have an agent. If I can only get a manager, all I need is a blank. You just need an opportunity. And I feel like this has just afforded me a, an outstanding opportunity. That's, that's one in a million. Oh, wow. Yeah. My, now I will say this, my door to my podcast isn't as big as some of the doors you've walked through because of your work on insecure. <laughs> but I like to uh -huh. think that that did have some bearing <laughs> on opening this opportunity up. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so definitely, I, no, I, I kid when I say that, but I think that's so important to stress to the listeners is that, you know, you, you were willing to do the work and invest, make that sweat equity investment into, 
um, Issa's work and, and what she was trying to accomplish with her show. And it gave you an opportunity not only to display your talent, but also later on to capitalize and, and on that relationship that you guys have that was that was solidified by the fact that you believed in her and then it gave her an opportunity when she became successful to believe in you. And I think that's the Absolutely. I think that's just a great way of 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 of, of ascribing that type of success, you know, to what I call black excellence, our networking, our ability to work together and, and this communal sense of trying to accomplish something as a race and helping each other, as you said, reach across to bring uh, people people to that to the opportunities that you've um, come into and that you have available to you let me ask you this mm-hmm. Tristan you know so you know when you how did you find out about being cast as Thug Yoda on Insecure what was that day like when you you found out that you got the opportunity to play him um so taking back just a little let's see okay um so when Issa got her, she got her pilot with HBO. They filmed the pilot. And then I feel like over the weekend, they delivered the pilot on a Friday. And then either the next Monday or following Tuesday, she found out that HBO wanted to pick up Insecure to series to, to film the whole first season, oh, wow. which was incredible. First of all, like, to, to be someone from YouTube and you create this content that you can create yourself and put it up for the world to see to now getting on a platform that the world can all experience your greatness. That was incredible. So I hit her up and I congratulated her on it and she responded thanking me and, and saying that just know that, you know, if this gets made, I'm looking out for you, which is great. She did not have to look out for me. And so that was in October, that was October, 2015, uh, January, 2016. She texted me. She was like, I think I found the perfect role for you on insecure. And she sent me the script the next day for the scene for Thug Yoda's first scene. And I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> this, this scene, this scene is hilarious. Yeah. When she sent me the, when she sent me the scene, she was like, just let me know if there's if, how you feel about it. Um, and I told her, I love, I love the character. Um, because when we saw characters like a thug Yoda, when we saw a thug on television, what did we see? We saw him dealing drugs. We saw him shooting up parties or shooting up clubs or kidnapping people and doing all kinds of, you know, negatively portrayed images. Mm -hmm. How do we see thug Yoda on insecure? We see the other side of him. Yeah. We see the side that we don't see. We see a father. We see a father first. That's the first image you see. You see this man walking into his apartment with his holding his little girl mm-hmm. and watching over her. Yeah. That's that's the image that we saw. That's that's black excellence. And I you know, I'm very fortunate that people have responded the way that they have to Thug Yoda. I I want I was very I was just a little bit concerned because I wanted to make sure that I portrayed this character correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I just took the route of, okay, he's a father who happens to be a gang member mm-hmm. who, or who, who just happens to, you know, thug it out. I wanted to portray a black man who was strong and about his family. Yeah. I look at, I look at his character and I think one of the things that's charming about him is that he doesn't really make me think about his gang affiliation when I watch mm. him on the show. 
you know, sure, he wears, you know, your paraphernalia. He has a few tattoos. And, you know, he, he my favorite part about the character is how he can change words from starting uh, with C to B on the fly, you know. And, yeah. uh, but, but he, but he, but those are just sort of ancillary details that sort of help cast him in the area that he's in, in the, in, in, you know, in, in LA, but it doesn't come across to me as him being a gang member as his right. central attribute. To your point, he's a father, you know, he's, uh, he's protective. Um, you know, he seems like mm-hmm. the guy who, you know, figured out that, okay, I might be affiliated with these guys. Um, in my gang, but I'm not going to really spend my life doing this because I got other things right. that are more important to me right now. Of course. Um, right. Of course. Agree with that. Um, and then I, I didn't answer your question fully. So, <laughs> okay. so I read after reading the script and understanding this character and getting that from him, um, um, I auditioned for the role. So I, it, so I didn't just, Issa didn't just say, here, here's this role. You want to be it? Great. I'll see you on set. Mm-hmm. I, I still auditioned for the role, went up to Sony Pictures and auditioned for, for her, director, the showrunner, people from HBO, people from 3Arc. And I, after leaving the audition, I was just like, I put everything out there. It felt really good. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then maybe a few minutes later, I got a text saying, hey, uh, make sure you don't shave. <laughs> and everybody everybody loved it and then she she texted me on april fool's day she texted me april 1st two, 2016 she was like hey hbo just approved you congratulations and i was hype i was so hype i posted a video on instagram me dancing around and everything actually i didn't post the video yet because the show hadn't come out i didn't want anybody to know i'd been cast but then i hit i I texted her back and I was like, yo, if this is an elaborate April Fool's joke, I'm never talking to you again. And, and, and she, she, she assured me that it was not April Fool's prank, but I would have been very sad if it was. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been brutal uh, to hear, to yeah. find out that, oh, she was just like, ah, just playing, you know, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. So messed up. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things that I like about this story that you're telling us, Tristan, is that, you know, so oftentimes when you want to help people, some people think that it's supposed to be easier than that. You know, mm-hmm. she, you know, she obviously, you know, wanted to give your opportunity authenticity because she said, Hey, you know, come in audition. You didn't think that was beneath you. You didn't think that, that, Oh, well, we're friends nah. and no, nah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't knocked it out. And, and I think sometimes when you, when just in you know, my observations that when you have those doors open for you, you still have to go and actually perform because mm-hmm. that gives you authenticity and integrity before the people who didn't come in through the same the same way that you came into that room, and um, mm-hmm. you know I love I love just that you know in your story that you 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 were you know you didn't have a problem you said hey man okay I got to go and audition this is what I got to do and and you made that happen and it, you know it came together with the opportunity you know that you that of playing Thug Yoda you know yeah um, you know one of the things that. Uh, I look at, you know, obviously um, when, when, when you're, you're talking about, you know, the, the character that you play on the show is that, you know, wisdom and experience can come from, you know, un, unsuspected sources, you know, mm-hmm. maybe from your own experience, Tristan, you know, have you gotten wisdom? And if so, where did it come from in the sense of you know, being unexpected in this journey of you pursuing acting? Oh yeah. Uh, 
definitely get wisdom from my neighbors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, again, I live in South L.A. So, you know, Doug Yoda is my neighbor, too. Okay. The, these are men who I see in my community, mm-hmm. who I talk to, who offer me advice, who, who tell me that they're proud of me. Wow. Um, it's, you know, which is incredible because it's easy to prejudge someone based off of based off of what you've seen on television, what you how you expect them to act. Um, so, I mean, my neighbors, I'm walking my dog down the street <laughs> and my neighbor will, will yes, he will give me advice, unsolicited advice. Like maybe he's outside smoking or something. He's just like, hey, Tristan, <laughs> hey, make sure, <laughs> hey, hey, make sure when you walk your dog, make sure that he got all them shots because, you know, if he ain't got them shots and he smells something, that can make him sick. He might get parvo. You know what that is? Oh, yeah, you know what that is. You know what it is, Tristan. <laughs> so it's like, I, I didn't ask for that advice. It was unsolicited, but thank you for looking out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think with those, I think like you described those, those guys in the hood, cause I've got some back home, you know, I'm from South Georgia. So it's a little bit, it's a much mm-hmm. different setting than um, urban LA. But for me, you know, I see people, you know, the neighborhood characters I grew up with uh, who, you know, who they love just speaking positively into my life in some way, because, you know, oftentimes you get, you get to a place where they'll never go. And it's not because, they weren't talented and capable. Just maybe it was just opportunities mm-hmm. didn't, didn't unfold the way that, that they, they unfolded for you. So, you know, so I try to take that advice and apply it because I feel like in some ways I represent my community in these pla- in these spaces and places that they may not have an opportunity to ever go in life. But you know, so Absolutely. you know, so that so that guy who's outside, you know, um, enjoying um, uh, enjoying himself, relaxing or whatever, and he sees you walk by in his mind, he may be feeling like, hey, you know, I'm helping him go deeper into something, you know, in life that then I can never go, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So, so you don't just, you're not just a, you know, you're not just a recurring character. Uh, you don't have just a recurring role on insecure. Um, I had opportunity to do a little bit of, of fun research in preparation for our conversation. And I got a chance to catch Mm -hmm. up on some of the content from uh, 50 central on BET you know, um, how did that, how did that, that process go for you in terms of now, you know, you transitioning from working on Insecure to now also being a, a part of this cast of 50 Central? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, that was, man, it was unexpected. Okay. Um, so I got, I got, uh, I got an audition notice from my agency back in May of last year of 28, 2017. And um, they told me to do a self-tape audition, which I love. I love recording myself because mm-hmm. that takes away that pressure of auditioning in the room. Um, self-tape an audition where you do three original characters. Oh, wow. Um, a, an impression and then a video of just yourself uh, talking about three fun facts about yourself. So, of course, I procrastinated, waited to the last minute to record my, my self-tape audition. And I just recorded myself doing three characters interviewing for a job. And I would intercut the scenes together uh, as if they're all answering the same question. And then I did an impression of Terrence Howard. And then I, of course, did the video about myself talking about myself. Um, so that was May. And then I submitted that, forgot about it, worked 
work my regular job, 40-hour week job, whatever. And then in June, a whole month later, maybe even close to the end of June, I get a call from my manager, um, and he's like, hey, Tristan, sorry to bug you on a Sunday, uh, but we just got an offer from BET. Just wanted to let you know. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he said, <laughs> he said, remember 50 Central? And I was like, what is 50 Central? And he's like, it's, you remember you put yourself on tape, you're doing those three characters, and you did the Terrence Howard impression? I was like, wait, I got an offer from that. What does that mean? <laughs> and he's like, they want you to be on the show. And I was just, I was blown away. I was like, what? <laughs> they want me to be on BET. BET wants me to be on BET. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, congratulations. Uh, I'll let you know how the deal goes. And I was like, great. I hung up the phone. And I'm sitting there next to my girlfriend. And I'm just stunned. And she's like, babe, what's going on? I'm like, babe, Aaron just told me that I got an offer from BET to be on their new show. And I was just, I was in disbelief for a good five minutes, walking around the room with my hands on my hips like Forrest Gump when he was confused. And it, 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 oh man, it was, it was incredible. Um, and then, so over the course of two weeks, there were negotiations and stuff. And then maybe three weeks later, I was heading to New York to film for two and a half months. That's essential. Oh, wow. 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 I enjoyed on the show. Um, I enjoyed watching this skit called all safe. And uh, <laughs> where you uh, where you were filling in doing the uh, voiceover work, you know, for for the listeners, there's a, a great commercial series by Allstate where um, there's an actor I can't think of his name, but he uh, has a really deep, rich, you know, baritone voice, and he does this great model, you know, this great voiceover describing all the benefits of of Allstate insurance. So the the, the this skit on Fifty Central that you that you star in. It is a spoof of that, but it's not just mm-hmm. to me. The, the the reason I loved it isn't it? It's, it's not just a comedic spoof of that whole that whole um, marketing campaign by Allstate, but it also is a very mm-hmm. conscious, you know, and and a and a very conscious and woke, if you will, you know, portrayal of this sort of commercial technique or whatever. And yeah. uh, the the it has me laughing because you know every objection that the officer, the police officer who stops this this black guy, you know, can offer up about okay, you know, you know, and, well, this is why I'm going to take you to jail. Someone hops out of the car <laughs> to you know <laughs> to, to debunk the the police officer's assumptions about the guy, and uh, I thought it was a really smart and well done piece of comedy. Because it, it 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 made me feel like in some ways I was watching um, in living color, you know, and, yeah. and and just the depth of you know, okay, we're gonna make you laugh, but we're also gonna make you aware of this social issue, and we're gonna make you think at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely, that was so much fun to shoot. I was looking forward to shooting that so much because to play the uh, the actor in the commercial, his name the uh, the actual all state commercial, Dennis Haysbert. Ah, that's with that, him with that deep voice, uh, Dennis Haysbert. And so to, to do a commercial that talks about, you know, what is happening in the world and what, what has been happening for a very long time with uh, people of color, specifically black people and the police, and to make a spoof on that, it's like, hey, here's an insurance for all of us, all safe. If you get pulled over by a cop, <laughs> no problem. We've got a doctor to let him know, to have a sample of your urine and your blood to let him know that you are not intoxicated or on any drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and there's also and there's also a psychiatrist in the trunk that care that comes around with you 
to calm his ass down. <laughs> so, so it, it, it was it was so smart. The script was really funny, and I I love the point of view. And yeah. uh, we had a great time shooting it too. Yeah. Now another one of my one of the skits that I enjoyed uh, was when you played O.J. Simpson, who had just gotten home from being locked up mm. in prison. And, you know, mm-hmm. they had they had a cookout scene where you come home and you see your family, even some people who I didn't know were in your family as OJ. And yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you kind of start making you kind of start making uh, these uncomfortable gestures and statements that, you know, you start giving some really awkward hugs where <laughs> where your hands are encroaching around people's neck, you know. Right. And uh, <laughs> it, it it's edgy, you know, it's edgy comedy, but it was really smart because it just it does you you're not making a statement about OJ. You're just allowing mm. my mind to sort of play with these these themes and these ideas are classically associated with him. Right. Right. Which I I, I thought again was was a lot of fun. Um I I had the chance to frame that I wrote the outline for that sketch because I I felt like OJ, this was before OJ actually got out mm-hmm. when I, when I wrote the outline for it, I was like, it would be really, really entertaining to me if we're going to push the boundaries to, to have a OJ Simpson party where there's a flyer, like a glossy flyer with OJ on it and people are going to come to this party and OJ is going to try and get into Instagram and such and pose for pictures and stuff. <laughs> I just thought the idea of OJ attending a 2017 day party at his house would just be really fun and so it it came out great <laughs> it was a lot of fun too yeah. prosthetics on my face and everything it was really cool yeah i almost didn't recognize you in the scene that's that was i kept looking i said okay that must be that must be tristan playing oj you know and <laughs> uh because of like you said all the prosthetics and stuff you know I, I think i think that's why i love you know obviously what you um uh, what Dominique and and what Issa, you, what 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 you guys are doing in terms of, you know, I hate to say black Hollywood, but being black actors and actresses in Hollywood, is because you help us see ourselves, even the more questionable part of ourselves, on screen mm-hmm. and in such a way where we can connect and laugh from our cultural experience, and you know I think that's why you know you know we have responded in such a way. You know, as we turned out to watch Black Panther and, you know, any type of any type of portrayal where we feel empowered as the viewing audience in the African-American community. You know, I love that. I just love that. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm so happy to, you know, to have you on my show um, to sit down and just chat about your experience, Tristan, because, you know, you know, we want to produce more and more, you know, people of color in these roles you know, young um, children growing up aspiring to be actors and actresses. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that you had, you you took, you took some time to share your story with me on the culture and conversations podcast. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak about this. Definitely. Tristan, what else are you guys, well, what else do you have coming up um, that you like to share with uh, the audience about maybe some upcoming work you've got going on, things that we should be um, looking out for, uh, the next season of uh, 50 Central, all of that stuff. Oh, man. Um, so I hmm, I don't know how much I can speak about, but I am writing my own content. 
Okay. Uh, earlier in our conversation, we talked about, you know, just creating something and all of us having the power to do that because we all have a device in our pocket that allows us to share with the world. Um, I, I have an opportunity to, to write my own series for a, um, for a, uh, for a comedy network. And I, I am in the development process right now of writing that series. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for this opportunity and I hope everything turns out perfectly in a perfect way so that um, what I have in my mind can be shared with the world. So that's, I know that's not much of a look, look, look forward to this, but I'm just going to put it in the universe. So eventually you can look out for it. No, no, no. We uh, see, you know, we'll, we will definitely be aware and, and conscious of what you've got going on. You know, I'm definitely going to stay in touch via, you know, via all the social media and all, and all the different outlets that you're a part of. And uh, as things come up with your, you know, your, with your project and as you unveil more and more of it, I'll be sure to make sure to share it um, with my audience so that they can have an opportunity to interact with you and, and encourage you as you go about, you know, developing this series. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, Tristan, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and thank you for being a part of the Culture and Conversations podcast. I got one little request I'm going to ask. Um, could mm-hmm. you say my podcast name the way Thug Yoda would say my podcast name? Hey man, I'm so grateful that you that you brought me onto this show to share with y'all. <laughs> y'all can check out uh y'all can check out Vulture and Bombization. <laughs> it's been it's been an amazing opportunity and I'm just so I'm just so grateful for you, Jameson, bruh. So grateful. <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate it, cuz you know I appreciate it, you know. So hey, hey, hey you need to you need to you need to bull out with that, all right? <laughs> need to bull out with that. Let me let me yeah, let, you do. Let me really settle down before um, somebody hears this and thinks that I'm some kind of way affiliated with something I ha- I have no idea, you know, I have no concept about. So, but I yeah, exactly I appreciate it, Tristan. Bad, thank you so much. Thank you, Tristan. Jay Winger for being a part of the conversation. What a great episode. What a great conversation. What a great interview. Well, we're at the end. You can hit us up if you want to keep the conversation going. Facebook, Culture and Conversations is the name of the page. If you're on Instagram, Culture and Conversations, that is the Instagram page name. And finally, if you want to drop me a line and send me an email, culture and conversations at gmail.com we want you guys to interact with the show we want you guys to, to to get what we have to offer you on the social media platforms to stay up to date with what's happening with the show and it's just another great way of getting ancillary content for those people who follow on the facebook page you get to see me do actual video chats and talk about the show and get behind the scenes information about the show things that you won't get on the actual podcast you'll get them though on the facebook page if you interact also if you're on instagram you'll see me listening to people that i've talked to you know their projects and their music such as soul city so you'll get the chance to see me interacting with the people that i've actually had on the podcast which is just another sort of you know value add to the podcast for you guys being faithful listeners so don't neglect the social media, Facebook, Culture and Conversations, Instagram, Culture and Conversations, and if you want to send an email, Culture and Conversations. 
remember, we're asking you guys to help us rise in the charts in iTunes. So listen on iTunes if that's what the platform you have. If you have Apple Music or Apple, uh, the Apple Podcast app, and leave a review. Reviews are really helpful because they help tell other potential listeners that this podcast is worth giving their time to. You only have so many hours in a day, and we want to take up at least one of them with our podcast. So we want to make sure that you guys help these people find the podcast. Remember, this is a completely free podcast. I don't charge anybody anything. So everything that you can do to help me gain visibility in iTunes and in other platforms, it is greatly appreciated because one day we may be able to do something where we can monetize this and make this an even better experience for the listener. With that said, I hope you guys continue the conversation in your own way, and we will talk to you later. Peace.